You heard me. All me life, all you've ever done is hassle me. Wouldn't let anyone know I were a traveler. Well, I'm done. I kept the secret. Frankie's dead. No one knows but yourself and myself. Savage Town. Written by Declan Shalvey. Art by Philip Barrett. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast brogue is the one, the only. I'll be your wish, I'll be your dreams, I'll be your fat Travis Rats. Travis Rats here. I like that. I like that. Did you get the reference? Is that Sinead O'Connor? Is that's, that Sinead O'Connor? That's Savage Garden, bro. Oh. Because aren't we talking Savage Garden today on the podcast? Sa- yeah, this is the Savage Garden podcast. No, this is... Uh, <laughs> This is the Comic Exposure Podcast, where we go back and look at 90s one-hit wonders, Savage Town, uh, Savage Garden. Was that 90s or uh, 2000s? I celebrate their entire catalog. They're not one-hit wonders to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely 90s. Yeah. So on the Comic Exposure Podcast, Travis and I dive deep into the comic book world. We read graphic novels like it's a book club. It's like a book club, but for comics. And Travis is m- Oprah to my Gail. Gail, yeah. Well, I'm Gail. Is there a Stedman? Can one of us? Is it Stedman? Is that the guy's name? I think it's Stedman. Yeah, it's Stedman. Stedman. What a great I'm, name. I'm more of a Studman, if you what ask if me. You had a, is that his first name or last name? I want to have a little boy. I want to name him Stedman. Stedman Rats. I think Stedman Rats sounds very, like, formal. Yeah. Like, that kid wears a smoking jacket straight out the womb. For sure he does. Right? Uh, so I wanted to um, have one of those little bubble pipes that we had in the 80s, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, just yeah, reading yeah, comics yeah. and a little silk robe, smoking bubbles. That's you have to. And he's got his, like, deer foams on, right? His uh, <laughs> little his little house shoes on. Uh, so today on the podcast, we are getting into uh, the graphic novel, uh, Savage. Actually, I don't know if it came out in issues or not. I couldn't tell you. Maybe it, it looks like it came out in issues, it but I don't remember it. It came out in issues. Okay. So we're going to read Savage Town, an image comic by Declan Shelby. Uh, with art by Philip Barrett, uh, art uh, colors by Jordi Belair, and I do believe uh, lettering by Clayton Cowles. And we thought we would bring back our guest. We're bookending almost uh, the the Marvel summer and with Andrea and quarantine. <laughs> we're we're booking, we're bookending the summer with Andrea is joining us to talk Savage Town. Andrea, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. This was this was a delight to come back here. Yeah, I, it's a little too early for my taste, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I, we try not to have guests this close together. We don't want people get used to some other people on the podcast, right? Hey, like, Andrea tra- is a reliable guest. Like we she pick is. A, we pick a time. She's always there for that time. She always has. We're talking is. about uh, s- splendid sound quality coming in. Yes. always. Yeah. From- yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I I, we're we're diving into another Irish crime tale by Declan Shelby. Different artist this time. This was his first outing in this sort of world that we see in Image Comics. I don't want to say first outing. He's been a he's been an artist and a writer before, but this is uh, this is his sort of like 
Irish crime story, and we're doing it backwards. We read his his second one at the beginning of of uh, Marvelous Summer, and now we're reading his uh, his first one now. Uh, but uh, I want to talk a little bit. I think what we're going to get into today, we'll talk about some similarities between the two tales. What do we see as differences? And then what that does is that forces people to go back and listen to an old episode if they missed it. Uh, it's about replayability, baby. Right. I'm trying to get that's, that. That's with to get me. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's let's I I don't want to repeat a question, but I feel like I want to talk a little bit about um Andrea, have you read any comics between that one and this one? Um No, I, you haven't. It's fine. No, it's <laughs> you haven't. So you're your you have no nothing to cleanse your palate between. No. Nope. Um were you ready to dive back into a, another Irish crime tale? I was I was very ready and I really volunteered for this because I enjoyed Bog Body so much. This one was uh horse of a different color it was it was real i mean the other one had a lot of quiet quiet moments very you know very dark and this is like a very layered character study of this entire small town these three rival like well two big gangs and one little like wannabe gang you know what i mean and so right. it, was just, it was a lot more it was also a lot you know so that brought a lot more dialogue which was a lot more trying to decipher the irish like colloquialisms and everything and so yeah get sorted <laughs> i believe is one of those things that uh is said many times in here yes. Yes. um and trying to figure out what any of that meant uh but so i want to ask this question i'm gonna i'm gonna flip it to travis as we as we kind of set this up travis you and i had a long time in between these books, not actually time, but a lot of books in between them. Yes, correct. Um, A lot of Marvelous Summer in Mm -hmm. between it. What did it feel like to step out of Marvelous Summer and into Savage Town? (laughs) I love something. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... This, you know, my my taste in the podcast. This really kind of aligns to my outside of of Marvel reading taste. Um, you know, I thought it was appropriate that they at the beginning of this book they say it's for Steve Dillon, and I'm a big Steve Dillon fan, uh, big Garth Ennis fan. I like these UK writers. I've always liked these UK writers that come out of here. They're a little edgier. They're a little more crass, and so this fits into. I have a whole. I would say one third of my trades collection are trades that are a little bit edgier, a little bit more crass like this book. So uh, it's familiar territory for me, you know, Transmetropolitan, Preacher, um, all these kind of books, uh, any kind of Warren Ellis book uh, right. is, is is kind of my milieu. Milieu. Uh, I feel like this... <clears throat> Like Andrea said, this is very much a sort of different take on the crime world in, in Ireland uh, over bog bodies, right? Like like Andrea had said that bog bodies is very sort of slower moving, very, very zoomed in on one thing. And this tells a much bigger tale, way more characters in it, people whose names I'll never remember. Right. And, and then I'll be like a lot of characters, in a lot book. of characters <laughs> and characters. So many characters. It reminded me of Wizard of Oz. Co- 
Uh, I was going to say Coen Brothers meets like who's the lock, stock, and two Guy Ritchie. That's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah. Like it was, Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two. Yeah, Harold. it was. It was very like Coen yeah. Brothers meets that because there's a little bit of like Fargo ness to it. Yeah, goofy then, happenstance, right? Yeah. Like the the way things happen are very much. Yeah, there's like, a bit of farce in here. Yeah. 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 So there's a little, there's a little bit of that compare like added on to that sort of that you know. UK film thing, you know, that you get with Guy Ritchie films and stuff like that. And it felt less moody than Bog Bodies did. Bog Bodies is a very moody tale. Um, I, so, I, I, I got, I, I think, yeah, I can, I can see your, 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 your reach around here, but I'm I got, I, I got, I got a, a road to go down. First of all, yeah. because this is kind of a contained thing, uh, I, I'm not going to remember the names, but a, a quick summary of the book for those. Yeah, I was just going to ask you to do that. I, I was know just going to ask were, you. I know you were, and as my face a minute ago was like, he's going to ask me this question. I'm flipping through the <laughs> digital copy. I'm like, ah. Uh, so basically, the story follow. It's in uh, Limerick. Ireland. Yeah, I think the Limerick, last one Ireland. was in Dublin, in Limerick, Ireland, and it follows this kind of. Low... There once was a city in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who uh, <laughs> sold Michelin tires and? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Bravo. it. Bravo. <laughs> um, there once was a city named Limerick. Dang it! <laughs> I'm stumped. I'm stumped. Yeah, um, I can't do limericks. Pull the plug on the podcast. Uh, yeah, so this basically follows kind of like a mid-level Irish gangster in. Uh, I would even see lower than mid-level, no, right? Like, like there's people lower than him. There's people lower. Okay, than him, yeah. I don't okay, want, I guess you're right. They're the buffoons. Then there's it, it, it's uh, like a he there in uh, Limerick at this time. There are two big crime families in this book, and our character has like a small clan. Uh, that's kind of yeah. like outside. A little gang. Yeah, yeah, a little gang. A street gang. And, a street gang. And, and this, they go around and they snap their fingers like yeah, this. Yeah. And so yeah. Our, our, yeah, they do a lot of dance fighting in this. A lot of sharks and jets. Yeah. They, what would they but call it? Ireland... the equivalent of that be? Like, it would be uh, clovers. Hey, where, where are the clovers? Leprechaun. The clovers and the, and the leprechauns. Let's let's tone down the... The anti-Irish sentiment here, guys. The leppies. What? That does oh, sound bad. That does sound bad. Um, maybe i making an edit. All right, Josh, I'm making the edit. <laughs> um, uh, so, <laughs> gosh, we're summarizing this story. And so, uh, yeah, so uh, this, uh, our main character, who I forget his name, is it Rory? Frankie. He goes, Frankie. No, not Frankie. No. no, Frankie's the guy, his best friend that he killed. It's, Frankie um, Four Fingers. That's the guy, Richie. Jimmy? Mike? Why Jimmy? can't I remember his name? Jimmy. His Jimmy. Name is Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah Jimmy, because at the at the end they name of the bar Jimmy's. Yeah. yeah. So uh Jimmy is Jimmy uh, Savage. Jimmy Savage, of course. Mr. Savage, I presume. Um and so we have Jimmy and he's kind of stuck and he's kind of he's trying to make moves in this kind of crime world, trying to raise his status. He he and it ends up the story is about kind of farcical circumstances that put him in a position where he has to play the two big crime families against each other. Um, and he comes out on top on top which which is fun i you know when you read this we'll have to talk okay, about okay i don't want to get there yet yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah, i'll yeah, talk yeah. about yeah. the ending because yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a, I, you might have to explain the ending to me guys i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure there's, there's one, one thing there's I, one there's piece one that I, I don't understand yeah and there's i think one we thing all probably, i don't understand okay yeah so uh, again and that's a very bare bones summary that we did there but that's kind of like this this irish tale and so i want to i want to start by asking you guys this question we we have um uh 
read this is the second Irish crime story that we've read uh, dealing yeah. with the mafia, Irish crime mafia. So when we think about stories with mafia, there's the Italian mafia, right? There's yeah. like the Jewish mafia. There's the Yakuza. What do you think are after reading two Irish crime stories? And we talked a little bit about Guy Ritchie films. This reminds you of what do you think is a unique to an Irish crime mafia. What does it have to be an, to be an Irish crime mafia story as opposed to an Italian or a Yakuza or Jewish mafia? I, they all seem, they all like have the same sort of similar tropes, right? I, I think really it boils down to um, the, what, at least what we see in here, the, the stuff that's in here seems very hard scrabble, less big time. Right. Mm -hmm. the, when you when you look at the when Italian mob movies are all about like who's running the docks and mm -hmm. like the the garbage business and all of this yeah. stuff. But these seem very much like straight up crime. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we robbed people yeah. and I robbed the people who robbed yeah. people and and less about like like running legitimate businesses in a in a bad way so they're not legitimate you know does you're, that make sense yeah. you're, you're dancing around the right answer but it's not the correct answer so i'm gonna go to andrea oh, oh. <laughs> sorry oh. josh i'm sorry i'm sorry you're close. Close. is it just the accents is it just um, the is, it tr is it track jackets no tell track me. Jackets. Track jackets. oh no track because jackets. is it buzz cuts i um, uh, <laughs> um no i just i know but i i mean i agree with josh it's i feel like they're kind of like is there a crime? Is there a crime to commit? Let's do it. Like, I feel like there's just no, they're just kind of grasping at whatever. It's more crimey and less it's really organized. Crimey. Exactly. Cri yeah. Crimey. I cr ding, 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 ding. Crimey was the answer I was looking for. Excellent. <laughs> Actually, the word I was looking for is blue collar. This feels more uh, blue yeah. collar to me, oh, yeah. which you're dancing okay. around. Like even yes, like yes. the way in Italian, like they're all kind of dressed up. And if they are like, they're like, you know, wearing nice jewelry here, it's very uh, like everyone's blue collar. There is no sense of like, um, uh, no, there's no Don, right? You're, yeah. you're not dealing yeah. with the guy. There's not an offer you can't refuse, right? There's yeah. none of that. It's very, they're, Ugly, kind of dirty people, the whole kind of <laughs> blue. That's the art too in this, but um, yeah, no, I, like definitely, uh, Philip Barrett is drawing people very ugly in this the, book. The women were, they looked, I, I, yep, underpass weathered. Yeah, like, we're rough, I don't rough. know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they're hot. Yeah, so <laughs> I, that's what I was thinking about. That I was thinking about, like, oh. What's different about, you know, this kind of Irish mafia? And it does feel like a little bit more boots on ground, a little more blue collar. Yeah. Like you said, a little bit less. The stakes aren't as large. It's uh, basically the crime. It looks like drugs, right? Drugs is, is basically the what's being uh, shifted around here and what people yeah. are making money off of. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, someone it ends up being like, well, we we broke up this drug runner's money. We stole this drug money from this drug dealer and now they're mad, but they think it's this other, you know, they we're going to pin it on someone else. They don't know it was us, right? Like this whole sort of background thing. And like you said earlier, this happenstance of how it all kind of comes together for Jimmy Savage at the end, I think is the most interesting part of it, right? It, it's, it's not quite a comedy of errors, but it's very much like everything everything kind of aligns for it to work out in Jimmy's favor, except 
you like you you find out his wife is is cheating on him, right? Like there's right. these things in the background that are there that you're like, oh, this isn't going to last, right? Right. I I would say that there is some comedy of errors in here when they when they uh, when they get the wrong guy because of the jacket and, right. and things like that. It and, is, it's not and, played up for comedy. I think you're right. Much, yeah, it's, but. But it has that kind of Midsummer Night's Dream Shakespearean farce where it's like, oh, you thought this person was this person. It's like that, like the, well, Andrew does theater, like the the uh, uh, room comedy, the door room comedy, where it's like this person goes to this door and closes this door and this and that person, they thought that person was that person. Uh, exactly. And so it did have a very theatrical farce. A lot of thickness, like, like mistaken identities and things of that nature. So, yeah, it was totally yeah. slapstick when he shoved that knife yeah. through that guy's face. Face, right <laughs> it's called it's called a uh, knife stick comedy yes. yeah 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 uh, so i as we here's a question that i think comes that you, we can look at sort of media when it comes to um sort of crime media and how in modern stories there are really no redeemable characters when like none of the heroes are heroes, right? Your protagonists aren't necessarily people you root for. Mm-hmm. So you can, I, I do. You, did you find someone to root for in this book? Except uh, for maybe Blackie is the only one you were like, hell yeah. No, yeah. I didn't root for Blackie. I root for that horse. That horse was 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 spot on. Mother Teresa. Yeah, Mother Teresa. And it was with a Mother T. Teresa. I love that he said it with like he even spelled it out yeah. without the H, yeah, yeah. so you knew it was like a hard T. Yeah, Teresa. Oh, Mother Teresa. Um, yeah, I guess the horse and like yeah, still Blackie, but at the same time, like okay, so something it's revealed that Jimmy is a traveler. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely something that Code like a, a group of. Yeah, like, yeah, just, right? yeah. And so that's, you know, in, in Ireland, that's like a well-known kind of like, you know, people hate these people so much. And like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you see how protective he is of Blackie, you know what I mean? Because he knows deep down, like they would treat him the same way, possibly worse um, being a traveler. And so like, you kind of see how that, so I, but I still root for Blackie just because I'm like, Jimmy stick, it, stick, it to, <laughs> stick it to Jimmy's wife. Uh, but I, I really, I think it's this thing that we see in modern media. You can look at like, so Breaking Bad, <clears throat> there's no good hero in that. Sopranos, I think is probably the, like that main first mm-hmm. one that kicks off this idea that there's no, there's no hero. Right. Mad Men. Okay. Yeah. Like there's no, <clears throat> in a story like this, there's no redeeming. I'm sorry. I'm dying. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. There we go. So there's no redeeming person. And I wonder what what do you what do you think about that in a story like this? Does it make it when there's no one to root for, what drives you to keep reading it? When all the players are dead. <laughs> You're very, being very Shakespearean and coy right now, Josh. Uh, no, I, yeah, I think that this is. I, I like this. We saw it with his last, his last yeah. one we read of uh, of his, uh, and uh, I like these stories. I like being able. I think. I think when you have stories like that, you put your own moral compass on the characters. Uh, for example, you're like, ah, Blackie is probably the most likable for you guys. And for me, I'm like, well, I think he's, I, I don't like that. Like, you know, his friend, he stepping out on his friend who's really been. 
having his back the whole time. And so, yeah, I, I like that it these great characters force the reader to put more of their own moral code on the characters. Right. Yeah. So, Andrew, what do you think about these kind of great characters? What does that do for you as a reader? We talked about, you know, are you putting your own moral code on it? Do you like these stories or do you like to have a hero, identifiable hero in there? Um, I don't need an identifiable hero. I really like uh, these stories are so great um, for me, but I just I like it because I'm like, I don't give two craps what happens to anybody at this point. So like the crazier the story gets, like uh, the more into it I am because I'm not like invested or rooting for anybody. I'm just like, who's going to like screw it up for each other. So do we run the risk of these, these types of stories are becoming more and more popular. These great uh, uh, stories uh, with these great characters in them, these morally ambiguous characters. Do we run the risk of like media making too many stories like that so where all of a sudden like we've lost the idea of the traditional hero well let me just say that i need a hero oh man okay i i had to get us i had to get the song in there go somehow on go on josh go on um no i fin- finished need, your thought <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> the next very, line this has uh, been light on the singing so we but, really something out in the morning light i think something like that yeah but, Morning. Morning. I don't think it's out in the morning light. He's That's but be strong and he's got to be gotta be and he's yeah. got to be ready but, for the fight. Go ahead. But I think I like I. It's a weird line because I don't want to say like we glorify bad behavior because I don't think media. I, I think media does play a role, but I don't want to walk down the line of like Marilyn Manson ruins kids. You know, I don't want to like I don't want to. That gives a reference away to how old I am too. I don't want to like. I don't want to drive down that lane, but. I wonder when we when we continue to have uh, no one to root for, are we just telling stories to watch people's follies? Are we just telling stories to watch people um, like muddle through the crap? And is that because we're muddling through the right. crap and we and we needed to relate to someone who's just having a shitty existence? It, is it just nihilism? Right. Is that all it is? Yeah. Is, is it, it just <laughs> nihilism on the page? Is I, it the same thing that like we people watch like des, uh, Desperate House, not Desperate Housewives, but like Real Housewives and reality show for where you watch it like as a car accident of just being like, ugh. Well, ugh. I watch I've like have nothing going on. And so I've watched so many every whole- desperate housewives episode. Never. <laughs> no, I just real, watched- real wives of orange County. No, that's my mother. She's obsessed. I'm wholly, <laughs> I'm wholly against all of that, but no, I've watched so many horror movies, like really like blood and guts house of a thousand corpses, horror movies, because I'm like, like, I feel like I'm like, I couldn't even watch casino the other day. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting too much in casino right now. Like, it's just like, I needed a next you needed something level worse. of crazy. You needed I something needed, worse yes. than existence right I now. I needed something worse. So I could like sit comfortably in that yeah. and be like those poor. Well, I suppose a house of a thousand corpses is just one step below where we're at right now. But, <laughs> um, so I, I think I like a little bit of both. I wouldn't want everything I no. read or all the media I consume to be like this. Yeah, no, 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 of course not. But I think part of it is like you're hunting for something redeemable about a character. Like Walter White is a garbage character, but you're hunting for something redeemable in him. Jimmy seems like a pretty terrible character, but we're, we hunt for the redeeming quality. So does a story like this make us appreciate the goodness in bad people? 
or does it make us feel better that we're not that bad? Right. I don't I, like, I'm well, asking yeah, the deep one today, it's, guys. It's interesting <laughs> perspective wise too, because yeah. they're, since they're all morally ambiguous or they're all these great characters, I can't I keep saying great characters. Stop it, Travis. Uh, and is there, if they had told it from any other character's perspective in the story, will we have rooted for them and against Jimmy? Because do we just, as right. stories are told and you just find yourself rooting from whoever's perspective it is or whoever you're following right. the most. Right. And it ends up being, you know, I mean, like it, whoever wins writes the history book, right? Yeah, the so wicked, like the, the wicked version of, uh, of this, that's twice I brought wizard of Oz down the blue guys. <laughs> And it is. And then not just Wizard of Oz, but like, like heavy theater references. Yeah, yeah. Heavy theater references. You spent theater, too much class time. Class starts in... up in a week, guys. Uh, Renner got really, obs- Renner really enjoyed uh, watching Hamilton uh, on Disney Plus. And I was like, okay, so he likes the musical thing. And so I was like, well, we were driving to gymnastics. I turned on, I'm like, well, I, the only other modern musical I know is like Dear Evan Hansen, right? That's the, I don't know anything about musicals, right? So yeah. I turned it on and he's like, I don't, what is this? And I'm like, well, it's like a musical like Hamilton. He's like, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, so it's the rap. And it's not, it's the hip hop nature of it, not the musical nature of it. So we listened to a tribe called Quest. That's what we did instead. Okay. What a what a transition! Yeah, I'd like yeah. a jukebox musical based on Tribe Called Quest. That would be great. Yeah, I'm not one for jukebox musicals, but I could get on board with that definitely. Switching gears, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about, so I feel good. Switching gears here, something I want to talk about. I found this is something that I was really impressed with in the writing. But also, I can kind of see as a detriment to the story. And what I'm talking about is the pacing of this. They were able to fit so much story and so many storylines mm-hmm. into this very short comic, like four issues, I think it is, four or six short issues, something like that. And I was like, man, they're cramming a lot of story in here. And I go, wow, and everything fits really well into each other in a short period of time. It's just yeah. every panel is is adding something to the story, which I'm like, yeah. wow, he had this thing locked in real tight. But at the same time, because it was so tight, did it not allow anything to breathe in a way that you you would think a th- like a thriller, a crime thriller would? It makes it a little claustrophobic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it also... And it, it, there's a couple things. It could be the it could be the the dialogue and the the Irish sort of like uh, colloquialisms that, that show up in it that make it harder to follow. But since everything is so stacked, I had to flip back. I'm like, okay, when did that happen? And or yeah. what what was the character they're talking about? And and which one's whose brother? Uh, because you didn't sit with the characters enough. Um, but I see this, and and it feels very much like this is movie paced. And not a lot of comic books that we read, Travis, end up being more TV paced, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They feel more Netflix series. This feels definitely movie paced. Yeah, especially like Andrew said, Guy Ritchie, like Snatch yeah. style. It's like, boom, boom, here's this happening over here. What what happened to those guys? Now we're over here with these guys. And now these guys. Yeah. Now it connects. It connects this way. Well, and it co- connects really well. it's all well. stacking and connecting yeah. in a very sort of like, very, like you said, Travis, it's a very tight story. And like you, because I ha- I had to read it two times. I had to like there. I wouldn't be able to come on here and say anything if I just read it for the for the first pass. But it's because everything is so stacked. You really had to read every single thing that was said because it's it could just be 
one little panel that has a major, you know, someone died or whatever. Like I had to figure out what Frankie did. I'm like, what did Frankie? Oh, that was Frankie. Frankie got with fingered. a giant shotgun in the street. And I'm like, oh, that was Frankie. I had to go back because half of these guys look the same. Just well, like, that wasn't Frankie in the street. Frankie sold him out. That's why the guy tried to go shoot him in the street. Frankie See, the street. there you go. I had I to like read through that whole section again. Oh no, it was Frankie in the street. Okay, You're right. right. Okay, I'm not crazy then. All right. Yeah. But that's, I mean, you really, because sometimes, you know, you just read a comic and you're just kind of like, you kind of just roll through you're it. You're through it, right? Yeah, yeah. But this was really very committed, every panel, every word, and then digging through the accent and figuring out, like, who are they talking to? Why are they talking about them? What's going on? Yeah. yeah so almost, I, feel, I get the claustrophobia element of it. It almost saying. feels that, like, this was written as a movie script. And then yeah. they're like, well, I can't get this, I can't get this put up as a film. Let me just change it to a comic book. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the even like there is no room to breathe, even with the visuals, like every panel is packed with information. Oh, they're packed full of, and every page is, is really jammed. Um, and, and I think some of the thing that's interesting about it is there's a lot of cinematic panels, right? There's a lot mm -hmm. of like three stacked going on where you get the the very much like, and here's this beat, here's this beat, here's this beat yeah. of conversations. Um, and there's a lot, uh, and not, it's a lot of short snappy dialogue, mm. but there is a lot of dialogue in, in a story like this. I appreciate um, it from the standpoint of, as we said, as kind of like a mouthwash uh, palate cleanser from Marvelous Summer. I liked how this had that movie pace to it right, and how yeah. everything was in there. But I going forward, would I like would I like the majority of comics to be written like this? It no, I I like the fact that as Josh you uh, eloquently put that it does I, the I like a comic series that follows a movie type pace, uh, uh, like a saga type thing that that stretches it out in kind of like a Netflix series kind of burn, right. but. I appreciated from a storytelling aspect how this thing was plotted within an inch of its life and done and connected really well. But at the same time, if I had to read comics like this over and over again, it, I would be like, just make it a movie. I think, yeah. I think two more, I think two more issues would have maybe give a little more room to little, sit with some of these characters. Yeah. Um, but or they were or if they were treated if they were oversized, you know, for oversized issues or what it is, because it really is a very fast paced sort of thing. Like and all of a sudden you're following this character and then boom, you're with the like the buffoons in the car, right? You're with like the two goofs, the lowest rung of the gang, mm -hmm. you know? Well, let's talk about how. So I think that conversation on is this a good way to tell comics I think let's look at the end then. I think we have some questions yeah. about the end and decide oh, yeah. if that the 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 feeling we're left with at the end is it affected by the pacing of this? Uh, if this was paced differently, would that have changed our feeling towards Jimmy in the end and 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 how much we cared about those characters? So in the end, um, things seem to work out for Jimmy. Right, he's able to con both the families into basically killing each other. He makes away yeah. with the the money, and now that the 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 big two crime families are out of the way, that leaves room for his kind of clan to to be the number one in Limerick. And our Jimmy opens up a bar 
but well it's like the bar that he was in earlier but now it's his because yeah. it's not owned by one of the other gang bro- brothers you know and mm-hmm. the last few pages there there are no um word balloons it's just showing you pictures of all the ancillary characters like the british guy he's flying back to to london uh some of the uh redneck crime family are standing trial uh the horse is is living the horse good horse life um, the cops is watching jimmy right like one of the cops is watching jimmy mm-hmm. um, uh, blackie is continuing his affair but then and the mother is looking at a photo and then we turn and then there's a prison scene and there's a character who looks a lot like jimmy is that jimmy's brother it's jimmy's brother because the picture is the mom yeah looking at her two sons and you heard jimmy say i've always been the run to the litter that's the fight they had i earlier. was gonna ask if the brother had been okay. brought up before and, and he had been brought up very 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 briefly wow okay um, yeah that... unless i missed another reference to him um that seemed to be one of the only quick references to his brother. And then you're setting it up because his mom is looking at the pictures of him and his brother. And then his brother is out of, of jail, but you don't know why was he in jail? What does it mean that now he's out? Is he, are he and Jimmy, you could only assume that it's not good. Right. right? Because you can see all of this stuff happen and it doesn't look good. Right. Like, Frankie's brother is the one who's painting the sign and Frankie's brother gives him the evil eye outside and you're Whoa, seeing that's, that's Frankie's brother. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the guy who he like Frankie's brother. He's like, where's your brother at earlier on? And that's how he finds Frankie. Uh, um, and then <laughs> it so ends much. on, it so ends much. on something I that, that I think was is... an assassin. I thought that was an assassin that the person was talking to in jail a couple of panels before that. No, no, that's, that's, that's Frankie's brother. And then what you get, and this is, and this is just to talk about the end of the book, the end of the very last page shows you that this little podunk town where it can be run by goofs like Jimmy is going to end because they're building this real fancy high rise in Limerick. And so the age of like blue collar oh, crime. Oh, wow. So every, Josh, that, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, everything is stacking against everything in these last panels is stacking against Jimmy. It feels like, well, Jimmy won, but then you've got all these guys. You've got, okay, they're going to talk in jail. The the British guy is still going to, he's going to come back into it somehow, right? Because we're looking at him again. The cops are focusing in on Jimmy. uh, And then I think like the horse is taking a shit. Right. If you want to think about it, if you if you want to think about it that way, like if you want to think about it, if you want to think about it that way, uh, Then you've got like all of this kind of showing well, that horse. Is everything's kind of going. Everything's going wrong. You've got um, the people in jail are kind of chatting, telling someone on the outside what's going on. Mm. You've you know you've so got. So this is obviously meant to be a continuing story. Then, well, I don't know that it's supposed to be continuing, or if it's just supposed to make you go, "This doesn't last for Jimmy." It right. seems like this is his fleeting moment. He thinks he's made something of himself, but he really hasn't. Right. Hmm. If, I were Jimmy, my if, I, if I were Jimmy, I would have named the horse Winnie. So it would be Jimmy and Winnie. Plus Jimmy also Winnie? horse Winnie. Why? Horse hey, why the horse though? And it pooed. Right? And it yeah. pooed. Why the horse and what? Why the poo? I don't know. That was something that was 
I was like, this has got to mean something. I, you know what? I, I, if, if it doesn't go on, like if the idea wasn't to like leave it as a cliffhanger, I kind of like this because this is something where you would leave a cliffhanger and expect to see more, but I don't really necessarily want to spend a lot more time with these characters. I yeah. think that, that I, I like this. We, we, we've read, uh, most people have read enough or seen enough of these kind of crime stories, blue collar crime stories to know that the cycle continues so do we right. have to see the cycle continue or can we just project what we know is going to happen in the, to these type of characters? Right. And I, I, and like bad things happen to bad people. And that's what you're seeing at the end of this, right? Like you right. see this victory for Jimmy. He tells off his mom, he's going to run the bar. Like he like separates himself out, but really this is just, this is like the tiny peak before everything crumbles down again for him, because he's not, he's shown that like, yeah, by happenstance, he gets to be in charge of this stuff, but it wasn't because of him. Right. I don't think he was actually trying to like his, I feel like you guys are making him a little too clever. Like, I don't think he was actually trying to pit the families against each other. They were covering up the fact that they kidnapped the wrong guy. Right. And they ended up, they put him, they put the money in a box and they put, the dude in a box because it was one of the Hogan Again, cousins. The comedy of errors, yeah. Right? I love that he only drills one hole. And one <laughs> hole because apparently he killed a hamster by putting a hamster in a box. And that's a very, hole. that's a very, that's a very like throwaway <laughs> movie line, right? Because yeah. you would hear him say it as opposed to. I think sometimes in comics, when you read comics, you read a line quickly. That yes. one would have sat in a movie in a different way. Yeah. And and I think it would have hit harder. But here, like you kind of like if you if you blinked, you missed that idea of like the foreshadowing going in there like, oh, no, I know to drill a hole because if you don't drill a hole, they die. Right. But you if know? you only drill a hole on one side of the box and then you slap it up against the other box, <laughs> bad shit happens to the dude inside the box. And I think so that's like, yeah. Like so he wasn't even like he didn't have a grand scheme. He was just covering trying to cover his ass. And that's so, what this happenstance, right? Yeah, he wins exactly. by farce. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. So he's, yeah. Can we talk about the beautiful track jackets in, in this book? Just that the detail in the track jackets, the care that was taken in like some of these sweaters that were in here. I just, are we doing a great. segment called uh talking track right now? <laughs> talking, I, talking, I think track? We're talking track. All right, here we are. Welcome to talking track with Joshua. <laughs> which, Buckley, guess with Josh here. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, so we're talking track today. We're talking track today in uh, Savage Town. What's your favorite track guys? What's your favorite track? My favorite track jacket is the jacket that gets their boy killed. That the one with the, the weird leopard on top oh, and like yellow the, leopard the on top, blue Kung, on the bottom. Kung Fu, enter the, the pow, power man Kung Fu jacket. I like it's a straight up. Uh, I have no idea what's going on, but I love it. Uh, I imagine the blue part is like, you know, it's like it's nylon. It's, like, blue... it's nylon. And then the other one's like a sateen, like the leopard parts, like a shiny sateen like fabric. And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. glorious. Great I like the, track jackets. I like the lady, the gal with the purple track jacket, and she's got those wild sleeves on her. She's just the women. That whole sequence with the women is that is one of the like. <laughs> I look. I don't. I've you watch like British television because you're an effete snob like I am, and then you like you see this sort of very much. Um, the, these characters show up in British 
you know, comedy all the time or UK comedy, or it reminds me for us, it's that sort of uh, Peggy Bundy, right? Peggy Bundy or the wives and Goodfellas. Right, right. They're all just, just looking. Yeah. The great track jackets. But <laughs> I, the track, okay, the other one that's really good is there's one, I think he only wears it really briefly. The um, green one? The green one where he has green leopard print. And like a like a neon green stripe yep. down the side. Yeah, of yeah. It. I'm looking at that one right now. That's a good That's, track jacket. Th- that is also a good track jacket. Um, and I think that leads me to Jordi Belair just being a great colorist, right? We've we've talked about how good she is on other books she does, but she does a really great job uh, on this book. Um, well, just everything is so drab in the you know in the the setting and everything. And then just all these colors just really pop out at you. So it kind of bumps it up a little bit. Right. And I I love all, and I, there's a great amount of mood in some of the dark panels that she's able to kind of color in with the headlights uh, and the tail lights. The bonfires. Um, Yeah. And and that's, that's kind of a really, uh, that's a fun way to do it. And we saw that, that play with the tail lights and the headlights in bog bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not as, deliberate here but it really does set the mood when you see those um see those those headlights in some of these panels and then she does a really good job of like well i'm going to set the mood with this this bright red background right i want i want this panel to be striking i want the characters to stand out so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this um there's one panel that might be my favorite panel, so I'm not going to share it. But there's one panel where I think she does a fantastic job using those tail lights. But um, I digress. So, <laughs> it's what did you guys think of? What, okay, I, I was going to switch gears to art. But art you have yeah, something yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Well, I, I, what this, this is the second Declan Shelby book that the art has. It's the characters have been ugly, right? Yeah, and that mm-hmm. ugliness reflects that that disenfranchised class of, of 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 people and you know there's there's no pretty people in this book and it, when i think about europe and and crime organized crime in europe or or even petty crime in europe there is a certain kind of class of criminal like the 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 track jacket trainers criminal um that you don't get in the us Maybe you had in like 1970s New York, but we have a different kind of criminal in like the U.S., like the archetypal U.S. criminal. And I thought that this book captures like it's it feels so European to me. Yet all the characters are wearing like outdated American fashion. And I thought that was a really cool art detail. I don't even know when this is supposed to take place. What era That's what I think, it's, I think it, it's early 2000s. I was going to say it feels very late 90s, early 2000s because of the track jackets and because it very much mirrors that same stuff you see in The Sopranos, right? The sort of instead of a velour track jacket, these ones feel more nylon. Yeah, yeah. Like starter jackets. (laughs) Yeah. A quality (laughs) starter jacket. What are your thoughts on Um, the art, Andrea? Um, I mean, it's just, oh gosh, everybody just is just so nightmarish looking. Um, I do love how the, the violence is just so bloody. It's just really grab. I don't want to talk about my favorite panel yet, but, um, how they, it's, it's just a gore fest. And I think that's great. Um, but no, I love, I like you, it's, it's, you know, it's not as dark as bog bodies, like dark, you know, tone wise, but 
Um, I, I think I liked Bog Bodies better, but I think, um, I don't know. I think it's good. I like it. <laughs> I like the art in Bog Bodies as well. It felt a little yeah. bit more uh, artistic, like tone, yeah, like th- tone setting. This I feel like tone, this is just yeah. so much. This is so, so much. You know what I mean? It's just, everything's just packed into in here. So it just kind of, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is jam-packed. But I think, like, um, Philip Barrett does a really good job with facial acting um, throughout. And sometimes it's so pronounced. There's a scene where um, his wife is yelling at the husband of her friend who, like, beats her, right? And her face goes – and she's the only one who looks, like, the least ugly out of characters, right? But there's one moment when she yells at uh, that that – um, her girlfriend's husband that her face just gets gnarled really quick. Mm-hmm. Just like all gritted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they emote like crazy. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, overall, I really do. I, you know, we talked about the bloody nature of it. And I think that that's that sort of, there's a fun juxtaposition of the very cartoony art. And then this bloody attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it works well for this book. Uh, certainly, I think it fits really well. Uh, you know, it's called Savage Town. His name is Frankie Savage, and everything feels very savage in this. So, what's everyone? Jimmy Savage. Jimmy Savage. <laughs> uh, what's everyone's favorite uh, uh, panel in this? Go ahead, Andrew. I think you picked I'll my go. favorite panel. So while you're while you're uh, based on your talk, I'm so I'm 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 looking at uh, more panels. There you go. Um, well, one thing I do want to like, I just want to throw out there that I thought was very clever was the the British guy. They all his like dialogue was like written in a different font. Oh, I didn't even recognize <laughs> and, that. Yeah, it made it like it was like very like proper. He spoke totally different than everybody else, and so I just I thought that was clever. But that's not my favorite panel. Um, no, my favorite panel is when um, Jimmy Savage is killing Frankie. And it just, it's just this like white background. I guess, would this be a splash page? But it's just a bunch of tiny panels. The knife I don't know. One, the yeah. one where the knife goes in, that's in a panel, yeah. but then it's it's embedded but, in a slightly bigger splash page. It's yeah. a splash page. Okay. Because yeah, there's so many, like there's a big panel, small panels. Um, so yeah, so it's like a white background and it's him stabbing him in the back. And then it's like two full color panels and he I mean he's like stabbing him through the face it's so bloody it's so graphic but kind of in the in the interim there's these red panels where it's just showing his reaction to stabbing him and Frankie's reaction and him screaming at him and just like the knife going in and so it's kind of just showing all this extra detail and I feel like it kind of just communicates like in a very cinematic way like how frantic this murder was um I agree I think that this is it's a real it's it's a, it's a violent book but there's not a lot of gore in it and when you get to that 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 panel with the knife like, is in there like i sat in that for a while it just seems so <laughs> brutal especially when a few pages before that he was like hey make it clean i want to have an open casket like yes. whatever you do and then he loses and he's like, it sure. yeah. and you're like well how can we show that he's lost it to the point where he's just put aside any sense of like this this friendship and this guy's and last request and there's a knife right through his cheek nothing more yeah. brutal than that you can't you can't have an open casket you can't make but well, let me ask you this andrea you're a makeup person could you put makeup over that 
Um, you, you, have to have a lot of, you have to have a lot of filler. You've got to okay. reshape, reshape the face. I mean, if you, you really, I don't think in you Limerick, have to really they commit probably, to yeah, want that I don't happen. think Limerick has like a, you know, like a cadaver, a makeup artist that's that committed. Side, but, note, side note, as a makeup artist, have you ever thought about doing a mortician? Um, I have to, you do like horror stuff. So I feel you do like, I figure you love horror movies hanging out I've, with dead bodies all day. I've researched it. it. The pay is great, but I do have to take quite a few like medical classes to do uh, it. So I would just, I would just have to do extra schooling to do it, which might be worth it, you know, but at the same time, you just time, do the makeup. Be- even to just, just do the makeup? Yes, even to just because oh. you have to be around all this medical equipment, the evolving okay. stuff and everything. If so. you open up a uh, mortician place, can you call it Veda's, like from My Girl? Remember when <gasps> she was afraid to go in there? Veda's Sultanfuss. Veda's, oh. Veda's, or Sult- Sultanfuss is even better. Sultanfuss is mortuary. <laughs> Sultanfuss is mortuary. We'll make your cadavers look great. Yeah. yeah. But um, well, I'll there treat is your a- girls like my girls. Nope, that's mm, not that's out. No, 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 no. And like nope. <laughs> that, <laughs> and like the reference would just be lost on <laughs> anybody younger than it's like it's like trying to name a mo- uh, mortuary after like those faux restaurants. You know how faux's always have like yeah. faux show yeah. or, or like there's a tr- there's a a, a, a pho truck that's like uh it's like the the fucking food truck of course yeah. <laughs> and there's like the so fucking up yeah. In the yeah. yeah yeah well there is a, about the panel though there's there's the one thing that does trigger him to actually stab him in the face because he and says he i know your just, secret yeah he said i know what you are and so he's like you're a, you're a traveler man and he's you know that just throws him in a blind rage stab him in the head so yeah but and then, I, yeah and then I that's when he says uh, i'm the type of guy who never settles down i'm never in one place i just roam from town to town and when <laughs> yeah. i find a girl the one i love the best he just tears open his shirt and there's a little rosie on his chest yeah yeah when i find the girl <laughs> my panel is this one right here because i think uh it is when he kills teddy yeah uh, when teddy shows up after the shootout he's still alive He's That's going to kill. Man. He's going to kill Jimmy. You get one great track jacket. You get two. The tail light highlight of like him, in bog bodies was used a lot, right? Yeah, like in bog bodies, making yeah. him look even more like menacing. And then he just has the knife in his hand, right? Like you don't bring a knife to a gunfight unless you're Jimmy Savage, because you're savage. Exactly. Uh, which is which is the line at the bottom of that panel. I'm not hard, kid. I'm savage. Guns are hard to get a hand your hands on in Europe, you know. Yeah, a little tougher. A little tougher. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's yours, Travis? Mine also has guns in it. Uh, mine is uh this on digital reader page ninety six bottom panel uh, where mm. we have the guns are all lined up. But look at the background; how they show that there's more people in there. They just sketch out. The guns oh, being in there. I thought that was yeah. a, a, an interesting device or technique that I haven't seen before. Like we're just going to use squiggly shading in the shape of arms and guns to symbolize that there's a more people on there. And I don't think that's in the book, like anywhere else either. At least I don't remember seeing. Yeah, I haven't like seen that, that trick used in 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 comics before. So I always keep an eye out for things that I haven't I haven't seen done before in creative ways, like especially simple things that show a lot. You know, like let's do the bare minimum creatively to get the biggest punch. Yeah. Right. I, one of the things that I often like is when there's just the motion line. 
Yeah. A little line in a comic book that shows you like I move the gun from here to here. We saw that is, in Wolverine a lot. Yeah, that last one right. we read. Um was it just then, and, well and then uh Mitch Garrods uses that a lot. He does a lot of like whoop, like this little tiny line where like I'm gonna eat a chip. And so to make it feel like because his art style is sometimes a little more it's it borders on like realism. And so just to get that little kind of swoop makes it look very much like, oh, that's right. I'm in a comic book. That That's sort of the, the it gives it a little fun. I love that. Fun. So we've read Look two fun. Declan Shelley books, both uh, Irish crime um, short pieces that, you know, graphic novels, even if they're collected together. Uh, kind of give me your thoughts on, do you want to see more of this? Who would you recommend? Like, who who is this for? Is this for, does this have more of a universal appeal? Who, who would you recommend this to, Andrea? Um, oh man, I mean, you could do Declan Shelby in general or this book specifically, which, which I, because I would recommend Bog Bodies to anybody, especially since it had the Spotify tracks that went along with it. It just, it was, it was was just this this great moodiness. And it was a really interesting story in the sense that like it brought in kind of this, like, I don't know, fantastical element with like the, the dead people and stuff. And it was just, it was interesting. Um, This one is, I mean, gosh, it's just, it's a lot. So it would be someone who would be someone who probably reads comics and can be a committed reader, because I would just not hand this over to any friend and be like, Hey, read this because it's a, it's a, a, a bit of heavy lifting to, to really, you know, get all this information in, and you really have to like read every word of it. Yeah. Plus, and some of the words, plus, I, unlike bog bodies, lots of stuff I could figure out some of the language in here. I just couldn't, I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time. I could Google it, but I don't know. Yeah. No, you're, the old, the you're only, one of those words where it said just a couple of times. Yeah. I just kept thinking like yurts, like the yeah. little house. And I'm like, that's weird. It's um, like, yes, I think like for sure. <laughs> but I, uh, if I had, I, again, if I hadn't watched dairy girls, I wouldn't know. I knew thankfully a lot of the dialogue in this. Like I knew what a lot of the clothes. Is there a horse that shits in dairy girls? I think there would be. Cause it's, they're called dairy girls. Is there a lot of dairy, <laughs> dairy scenes in there? And question is there a horse Actually, that the main character in dairy girls is not a girl from dairy it's, it's a, a woman who's breastfeeding it's, a, it's, a, it's an actual it's shitting horse it's an actual shitting horse that's <laughs> the don't let the name confuse you oh man no i but yeah that that show was incredibly helpful but i don't think i could just pass this out to anybody it would really have to be someone where i'm like hey you want to sit down and really dig into this comic um do i need more of this um uh, I I don't need it. If it's there, maybe I'll read it. But I'm not I'm not jumping at it just because I feel like I I feel like I got a lot and I'm kind of satisfied with. Based the on these two Declan Shelby reads, if if he a new a new creator owned book was announced by him, and it was like you could tell it was this Irish crime thing, would you pick it up? Because you really like yes. Bog Bodies and you thought this one was you you, you got this one, you would pick it up. Yeah. Now. I would, I would. And especially like all the people, anybody's doing his art and his color and like all this, you know what I mean? I really, I really like it and I appreciate it. So. Yeah. Bog Body seems to me an evolution of this. So it seems yeah. like he learned some things about telling these type of stories and then, you know, slowed it down in Bog Bodies and took a lot. Cut the cast lot, by like cast. 400. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about, we talked about Guy Ritchie earlier, Guy Ritchie's first mm-hmm. kind of crime film, that Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Snatch is basically kind of the same thing, but just evolved in a better way. Yeah. You know, like he learned a lot of stuff in this. So I'll be interested to see if uh, Declan uh, 
progresses, if he stays in this these type of worlds, and if things progress off of Bog Body, or does he go back and start doing more stuff like this? What are your thoughts, Josh? I think for me, I I think you know that we we read a, we've read like a lot of Brubaker and Phillips Phillips stuff, which is that crime stuff. I think crime stories are great for comic books. I think. I think I will read whatever he puts out in this vein because I enjoyed both of them. They both filled a different sort of it's in that same sort of crime genre, but they both were very different tonally, very different structurally. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were both really I really enjoyed both of them. And yeah. and I re- I read this one twice. I read it when it came out and I read it again for us to do this show. And I well, the first time I read it, I didn't catch uh, bits and pieces of it. So it really is something that you've got to read a little closer and, and maybe he did take that. And that's why bog bodies is maybe a little more broader and less crammed in. Um, and maybe that's why he decided like, I'm just going to put out a graphic novel and I can just do this right. And instead of, instead of doing something like Savage Town, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think that this is a book that I would hand off to someone who, yeah, I think you gotta be a comic book. You, you gotta like yeah. comic books. And then um, the genre of, of like crime stuff is, is super helpful, but I, I really enjoyed it. I would read whatever you were putting out again in the same sort of idea of, I think he's a good storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when he's tell when the when the dialogue is heavy and there's a lot of characters, he does it well because it, it's tight. It's a tight story. And yeah. then but Bogwise, he just nails the tone so perfectly. So I, I think it's a great right. window into a world that I'm not familiar with. Not just not just the crime world, but like Ireland and yeah. whatever. whatever. Yeah. You're a crime lord. You know that world, <laughs> dude. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. People that's listen. for the that's for my uh, my crime lord podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take away your your it's called, uh, content. Uh, Don uh, Vadenpus. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. It's good. So committed. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right, Declan Shelby, you're on our radar, buddy. I dig it. I, like he's 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 a really good artist too. So I would like to see him tackle both sides of it. Um. I'd I'd like to see him write and and tackle the art on it. But that's like a big... he hasn't. Yeah. I think that's a big process and, and it may, it may have been him going, you know what? I want to write something. I want to, I want to write. I don't want to, cause look, you, you talk to artists and artists go like, this is a, that, that's a tough commitment to like do that work. And so um, I'd like to see him tackle both. I, I wonder, you think of like that sort of, um, Oh, what, what's his name? He did uh Shaun of the dead and like the trifecta, the, the, Edgar Wright. Yeah, Edgar Wright, that's sort of like, I did three movies that are only very slightly the Coronado, you know, the Coronado trilogy, right? Yeah. Like, what's the third take in this little world that he's created? Because I don't think you can do two, right? Things don't happen in twos except no. those are. You have to do three. Things, things don't happen in twos. Things don't happen in twos. I do like, uh, and we, uh, what's the butter? Why can't I remember the, the Kelly... Uh, Kelly Gold, <laughs> like uh, we literally were like, let's buy that because that commercial. I like the way that they say butter. <laughs> I like I like Tullamore commercials as, as well. They have some good whiskey commercials. They're always kind of like, oh, it looks like it's a sad commercial, but they always have a nice funny twist at the end of it, <laughs> like Mentos. Yes. <laughs> um. So I, 
I I think that this I I enjoyed it. Travis, I don't know that who you said you would you would give this to. Who would you who would you hand this over yeah, to? I, 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 I think I agree with you guys. I think it helps if you certainly if you've read comics uh, before. Um, you know, we I've mentioned Andrew brought it up originally, but it, it does fall into a niche a category of crime that kind of uh, fast paced European gangster a la Guy Ritchie movies, which is kind of its own genre a little bit now, uh, mm-hmm. even though it's a very small part of the market. And some people really love that stuff, especially like guys in college. <laughs> yeah. I'd give this yeah. to bros. Like, I'd give like this some to frat, bros. Some fra- like some frat I'd give, bros? I'd give this to, not like full on frat bros, but the guy who only the hangs Jimmy out. Jimmy Savage of yeah, frat bros. The guy who only goes to frat parties to sell people weed, but <laughs> also has like a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels poster in his dorm room. And yeah, wears yeah. a track jacket. Yeah, and wears track jacket. Uh, I would give this to track jacket connoisseurs. <laughs> so they could they could drool over the beautiful tracks in this uh, in this in this book. I'm thinking I don't know if Halloween's going to happen this year. I know that Andrew, you're a big Halloween fan like myself. Uh, yes. Josh is a Halloween Grinch. Uh, so like I don't want to commit hey, to. I like, wore an inflatable dino. I rode an inflatable dinosaur this year. That's for that's it's too it's that, that's a purchase that's, costume. It does not that's count. So uh, it's so showy. Yeah, it's, so showy. It, it, it's it's a little on the nose. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm hesitant to to like right now is when I would start thinking and start like uh, getting yeah. parts of costume. I'm thinking about streamlining it something simple. I might go just crazy track jacket European uh, Euro trash this this year. So if it doesn't work out, I got a comfy track jacket to wear. But if I do, if it does work out, it's something I can you can just put on last minute. Oh, we are gonna do something Halloweeny. I'm going Euro trash track jacket medallions. Not, I don't want to be confused with Run DMC. So it's got to be something really kind of floral or leopard printy, something like that. It's yeah. got to be some secondhand like thrift store business. It can't yeah. be fresh. It's got to be a little crusty. And my trainer's, my trainer's got to be on point. Yeah. They, they got to be. <laughs> my trainers. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. Andrea, thank you for being a guest on the show yet again. Always a pleasure, John. Uh, I'm sure we you might be back with us around the Halloween times when we do our spooky book. Yes. We might bring you back for a book that is spooky. Uh, I do believe it's called uh, Heads in a Basket. Heads in a Basket. Eight Heads in a No, it's something. Eight Heads in a Basket. It's not Eight Heads in a Double Bag. It's Basket Full of Heads. Basket Full of Heads. That sounds fantastic. Stephen King's son wrote a, uh, is writing comics, uh, and this is uh, one of his books. uh, Well, he's my favorite author, so if you. Stephen King or Joe Hill? Uh, Stephen Stephen King is Uh, my favorite. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't free, he, so King doesn't stick the landings. I can't, I can't do it's, it. You, yeah, it's a few and far between, but I still appreciate it. It's, I'd be, I, I was, I like his novellas. I like his, I like his short stories way better. But anyways, yeah. you know what? I, I, you know what I say every time I close a Stephen King book? I say, I'm glad that's so, so fucking King. <laughs> so fucking. King. It's good. Yeah. So fucking okay. Um, so Andrew, thank you for being on the show. Uh, Travis and I want to welcome all of our listeners to go find all of our episodes on Spotify, to uh, follow us on Spotify, or to uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Um, 
You can find all of the episode notes on the website, www.comicexposure.com. You can click on the merch tab, find yourself some sweet comic exposure gear, drape yourself in billowy soft Amazon shirts with Travis and I also draped. Draped. Yeah, capes. <laughs> it's a double drape. The cape drape. We've got the cape drape on, uh, and we want you to we want you to get that. You know what a, a sick Halloween costume would be? You could go <laughs> dressed as Travis and I wearing your Go as podcasters. Headphones, Headphones, podcast mic. Podcast mic and a comic exposure t-shirt. You're good. Don't wear one that people know. Don't wear like a 538 or like, uh, I don't know. I don't listen to many podcasts that are are important now. Um, Don't go with your Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, don't go with your Mark (laughs) Maron t-shirt. Find a a very niche podcast, and what's more niche than us? Uh, Go go do it. Anyways, thank you for tuning in, Travis and I. We'll see you on our next episode. We are we are talking about. We got the list of books. We've mentioned them on the last podcast. I don't have in front of me. I'm not going to tell you. So just upcoming books include Pulp, uh, include Alias, include Wonder Woman, Black Label, uh, John Parker, Basket Full of Heads, Judge Dredge, America. All coming at you. They're all coming at you. You They haven't come at you already. (laughs) Right. Who knows what order these are going in, guys? Who knows? But anyways, have a fantastic rest of your listening day. And Travis and I will see you on the next train. (laughs) 